When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Radio. Hello, hello. Can you hear me? Yeah, yeah. We can hear you. Oh, can you hear us? Is that what it is? Like our echo or something? Oh, no, I can hear you guys. What happened was, uh, uh, yeah, so I was dead asleep. I passed out. I woke up about, Nicole's been under the weather a couple of days and she was going to go back to work today. And uh, she took a, she was like, uh, my daughter had some, covid symptoms last week but she took a test she was negative so she went back to school and she felt better and then my wife had the exact same symptoms this week and uh she stayed home from work a couple of days she was gonna go back and she said you know what i'm gonna self-test just to make sure and uh she came back positive so then we tested my daughter and she's positive and then uh, i'm still negative so either i am just waiting to get it i'm asymptomatic or i don't have it so I don't know which of those. Or you're three. just not that close to your wife and daughter. Well, we're on all. Well, here's the thing: the last three days, uh, when when my wife was sick, we have a, we have a always we've always done this. When one of us is sick, uh, go to the couch, go to the couch, yeah. and don't give me your sickness. So the night my wife started not feeling well, she got up before I went to bed and slept on the couch, so where she's been the last couple of days, and I've just been so busy running around. I didn't get a chance to really, I haven't been at home that much. Yeah. Uh, and my daughter's so super paranoid about COVID that she wears her mask. Like if we're just going to go to the gas station, she's got a mask on the whole time. And I'm like, okay, that's fine. Whatever. You, that's how you deal with it. That, that's no skin out. But that actually might have saved me. Uh, yeah. So. Yeah. yeah cool. Well, we got fingers crossed and yeah. Hope everybody. Yeah, man, I'm hoping yeah. I don't get it because I, I was, I really believe that those who do get it are unclean. So, hey, if you if you get it, it's not it's not any failure on your part. You guys have been doing your part. Yeah, that was that was the thing my daughter was bummed about. We actually had a really long talk about it last night because my daughter leans towards having OCD. And um, she's just like, well, you know, we did everything we could. And, you know, there's no shame. And and I was like, no, you're right. She's like, I just she was like, I finally got to a point where I'm like, I've done everything I can for my daughter. It's uh, her thing is she doesn't want to get anybody sick. My mom's 86, you know, and uh, my, you know, her, her grandpa's, you know, getting up there and my mother-in-law. So my daughter's terrified that she's going to give it to one of us and that one of us is going to get really sick. So that's her big concern. Uh, She's very empathetic that way. And so she's really been out of all of us. She's been the most, and she's compl- she complained after she didn't, she told me she didn't want to go back to school after school winter break because we live in a very 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 conservative area and people just don't believe that the virus is anything so she's dealing with classmates not wearing masks and teachers not enforcing it so she was you, you're down in LA though right we're in Orange County yeah. Oh, yeah. The, oh, oh, trust okay, me. Okay, there's okay. a whole yeah, bunch yeah, of rednecks. Okay. No, it's yeah, so you say we're in Utah, it's so all, it's like, oh, it's, yeah. all yeah. Of, it's all a bunch of rich fucks. Yeah. That, yeah. Uh, that don't, or, you know, a bunch of Trump people. So, my computer just got moved to where everything else is. So, 
there's yeah. a PlayStation here, there's an Xbox here, there's uh, uh, my computer's here. This and so we're using it's yeah, all it's, one a, it's a mixer and entertainment center. Yeah, yeah, we understand. Yeah, we get especially, it. Especially after COVID, uh, this became like the bunker. So uh, everything's in here. So yeah, I've got <laughs> wires crossed. I've got you know. So I'm sure something's touching something. Me touching you, touching me. Uh, <laughs> Sweet Caroline. Ba, 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 ba. Right on cue. Right on cue. We've been to karaoke before. That's right. Just let me know. Love you. Love you. Love you too, Mario. Love you, Mario. I can hear you guys. I love <laughs> you guys. I forgot to tell Nicole I love her and also forgot to tell her that we were recording today. Love you too, Nicole. So, <laughs> here, let me let me climb back into my cockpit here. No, no. <laughs> this little, oh, it's so a mess. I wish I had video of this. So messy. <laughs> back into the gutter seat. Back in the saddle again, mommy. Okay, hold on. One second. <laughs> All right. <laughs> Is it okay if I do this from across the room like this for the whole time? <laughs> uh, that's my Beatles song, uh, Across the Room, right? Is that Across the Room on the podcast. <laughs> I think that's on the Rubber Soul album. <laughs> what the hell? Okay. Yeah, I was looking for another cable. Can't find it, so we're going to have to go with that little noise. As long as you're not hearing it, I am, I am blessed, fam. <laughs> Yeah, we uh, we don't seem to be getting it, and um, I'm, I'm just gonna record off Skype or whatever. And I don't think Skype's picking it up. Well, the ways we hear it, don't get it, Steve. <laughs> hashtag professionals. Hashtag hashtag professional. I <laughs> podcast for eight years now. Look at what I'm doing. Look how I'm doing this. Fucking a. All right. You well, we can't give your camera off. <laughs> <laughs> you literally woke me from the deepest sleep. Like, I was literally like an old man in a fairy tale. And you were able to make an entire podcast station out of a coconut and a ham radio. The, look great, at you now. the great thing about it is you got, like, uh, like I can't tell you how deep of a sleep. And, and luckily you called me <laughs> Skype because the alarm sounded like something so different I couldn't ignore it. You know? Mm-hmm. And it was one of those things I couldn't ignore it because it was like, what is that noise? I don't know. I don't know what that sound is. So that's what, that's what was happening now. <laughs> like, what, what is that noise? Oh, oh, it's Skype. Oh. Yeah, and then I immediately woke up and started doing that weird dance that uh, Brad Pitt and Angelina uh, Jolie did in Bogota. That's how. Yeah. I <laughs> this is life. <laughs> I each other from a. I have it. Uh, I, I have it running in the background, but I was gonna. I'll, I'll turn the volume down so you can't hear it. But yeah. I have that. Uh, I like to watch. I like to watch. <laughs> yeah. I haven't, I haven't seen this movie in years. Oh, or a wolf. <laughs> that's right. Is he? Never seen. We'll talk movie. about. We'll talk about it. But I forgot how. How. Uh, listen, I'm going to tell you. I'm going to give you guys a very, very personal prejudice. All right. Uh, mm. I am. I am a boob man through and through. So there are certain <laughs> actors who fall off. Who fall off my radar because. I'm just not. And Angelina Jolie I, I, is one of those. I was like, she's just, how do you, she's so beautiful. What was I thinking? Not, well, I think it was more about her being with Billy Bob and 
having his blood around her neck. Yeah, Billy Bob and the brother and blah, blah, blah. And then it was like, oh, when she hooked up Brad Pitt, it's like, oh, that makes perfect sense. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. We're going to talk about that. We're going to talk about my boob fetish. and. Uh, oh. This is all being recorded, so it's fine. No, oh, yeah, yeah. This, this, this will be the preamble. Yeah, okay. Here yeah. we go. <laughs> no. Don't put that in there. No. What? What? Uh, I, I, I didn't make out the last part, but hey, we're going to start the show.2005's Mr. and Mrs. Smith. Look, it's no X versus Sever, babe. It's okay. I mean, well, what can be? Let's be real. <laughs> Will it have higher than 0% on Rotten Tomatoes? Let's find out. But we're not alone for this one, babe. <gasps> Joining us is uh, one, of, one, of, one of the greats in the podcasting realm. From the superiority complex, we have Mario. Welcome. <gasps> hey. How's it going, guys? Hello. Hello. Doing fantastic. How about you? Well, I, I'm great. Uh, you know, we're, we have COVID is in the house. Uh, I don't oh. have. I don't have it. The COVID is coming from inside the house. <laughs> yeah, the COVID is coming from inside the. Uh, just, I'll give you a quick glimpse in our life. There's, uh, we, I, we have this bonus. I guess my uncle would have called it a bonus room, but it's a game room down in the garage, and I'm bunk. I'm hunkered down here uh amongst my board games and uh and i'm just down here uh living 
uh, while uh, my wife is on the on the first on the uh, top. Uh, no, my daughter's on the top floor of the house, uh, and then my wife is on the main floor of the house. And um, I sound like we like we're really rich. We're not. We just live in a warehouse. <laughs> we have a room built in the garage, so it's a two-story house. And then my and then I'm down here. Uh, but I'm the only one without it. I'm the only one that doesn't have COVID. My wife tested positive and my daughter tested positive. So my, my daughter is asymptomatic and my wife, she's just got like a mild cold, thank God. But uh, I don't want it. I don't want anything. Well, you got to so stay there, there in the here. game bunker and you'll be fine, I guess. Yeah, I'm just hiding out down here. Uh, just podca- I'm just going on various podcasts for the next. And then I, I had to call in work and let them know. And they said, well, Take a week and then test in a week and then maybe you can come back. And I'm like, great. So I'm, I have a little vacation that I didn't, a little vacation I can't share with anyone. Cause I have to right, you just got to get one of them sunlights, a couple of margarita <laughs> drinks down there and it'll be like you're on your own beach. Yeah. It's like, yourself yeah, like, the mist of margarita and you're good. It'll be like living at Stephen Izzy's house. Yeah. <laughs> yes, with our many floors and west wings and whatnot. <laughs> and I was gonna say with the bonus room there, are you even a homeowner if you find out when you that one of your rooms is illegally permitted? I mean and not permitted? Come on. <laughs> oh dude, yeah. this when we bought this house, it was like a it was like a house of there were so I was sure there was a body hidden in here. It had all <laughs> kinds of weird little um alcoves and, and little secret rooms. And uh, so, yeah, I'm sure there's something in here that they just slapped together back back in the 70s. Well, maybe, sure. you'll, maybe you'll get bored and find it wandering around the basement. <laughs> yeah, there's uh, there's actually a there's a weird little panel in the in the bathroom that we built in the game room. That It's weird. Our house was built on the side of a hill. So there was just room behind the garage where they just kind of pushed all the dirt up as far as they could and then put <laughs> shelving in front of the dirt. And then... <laughs> Put some drywall about three feet away from that shelving and a door. And they're like, here's an extra room. So that's what we turned into the game room. That's so your, still that was little, your cold storage. <laughs> yeah, there's still a little hatch where you, you because they, in case you need to get under the house, there's still a little hatch on the back wall of the game room that's hidden away. And uh, you can crawl under the house from there. So isn't that hang out with your raccoon friends i was saying yeah well steve can't i've never seen this hatch but i know steve doesn't fit (laughs) that's where steve's body might be stuffed one day (laughs) you'd never fit oh poor steve you get get, get the you know the the machete and whatnot and uh, look look when you have an eight foot reach you're just not gonna fit in crawl spaces (laughs) steve is a a tall guy i've often wondered who is who is taller steve or stork from the Besotted Geek. Oh, because oh Steve. Steve's taller than Stark. I've, oh, is he? Yeah. Well, there you go. You're the superior man. Yeah, we never got any exact numbers, but we did have a, a defeat of Stark where he just went, oh, yeah, no, I'm not that tall. <laughs> I saw uh, I saw, li- I saw a live video of Stork on his Twitch. Does not yeah. look anything like I thought he would look. I know, I he know. looks like Jason Statham, right? Yeah, he kind of looks like he kind of looks like a lumberjack. I, don't know. I got more of a I got more of a like Danny DeVito vibe. No. <laughs> <laughs> uh, well, some, because somebody I remember it was Pittsburgh nerd that sent him a letter that said he was a, a tall George Costanza, and that was the hardest I've ever laughed at that show. Uh, <laughs> I can see it. Yeah. It's like but what yeah, if Moby kinda... didn't shave? <laughs> <laughs> I can't wait to tell him that one on Monday. All right. So, <laughs> shout out to Shark Great, Great Podcast. Listen to him. 
Absolutely, yeah. Star yeah. Trek and more, allegedly. Yes. But mostly Star Trek. <laughs> mostly Star Trek. They got me to watch Discovery, so kudos to them. So there How is Discovery? That's the one we haven't watched yet. Uh, it's good. You know, it's it's very cinematic, and it's a little. Uh, they pull from ideas from they from all kind of all eras of Trek. They kind of take the aesthetic. I, I'm not. I'm still not sure if it's supposed to exist in the uh, in the cinematic Star Trek universe in the in the J.J. Abrams cinematic universe because like, yeah, it yeah. looks like that. It looks like they pulled like everything. Basically, looks like an like an Apple Store. Uh, <laughs> But uh, yeah, it's really, really you know, get it's Captain Pike and there's they do the they, I, I don't want to spoil it, but they do kind of fit they they retroactively fit a character into the classic universe in a way where you're like, well, how come we've never heard of you before? I will say that. I will say. Uh, that. Okay. okay. I don't want to spoil it. It's I, worth. I, I got some ideas, but yeah, we may have to Look, check it out. Spoiler alert! But the answer is Q. <laughs> I, you know what, I, I am not a huge fan of the Next Generation, and and Q is a big reason for that. I hate that. What? That's, those are like everybody's favorite. You know no, what? I don't like you Q either. You know what? Listen, guys, you're talking I'm, I'm gonna stop it right here. We're not here to talk about Star Trek. Take it to the Sun Geek. Like the Beatles either. So what? You know, there's no hope for me. I, I, I can understand the Beatles thing. <laughs> Steve does not love the Beatles. I, 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 I like the Beatles. I like them more. Mario the, does. You don't, I don't love, love the them. Beatles. No. No, that's like, it's it, they're the friends of rock and roll. They're, <laughs> they're, the, they're the, everybody's like, oh yeah, it's so great, blah, blah, blah. And you'll see them again, it's like, you know, they probably did a lot of drugs and just kind of kept, oh, kept the recorders running and, you know, uh, a nice producer went and touched it up a little bit. There, there's a reason they're not touring. That's all I'm saying. Here, here's the thing. Like the Beatles <laughs> get credit for... The Beatles get credit for how much how much they physically produced in like four years, oh, yeah. and their contemporaries were like the Beach Boys, and a lot of people yeah. our age forget that. Like yeah, the Runettes. They were stuff, doing yeah. a lot of things nobody else was doing, so I will give them credit for that. And it's perfectly okay for people to say no. This isn't my yeah. cup of tea. I prefer a cup of bog water. <laughs> what? I don't know. <laughs> You've been watching too much Naked and Afraid, but right, anyway, it's anyway. <laughs> true though. I watched so my, much naked. Mario, are you drinking anything on your end? I am not today, man. I'm 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 trying to keep it. I'm having a Coke Zero. Uh, yeah, I'm just trying to Ooh, wait. Try this out. Although I have a bottle of a uh, Basil Hayden, I should just. It's the dark rye that I love. Ooh. I should just dip into that since since I'm facing death. I mean, might might as well. I, do, I, do, I, <laughs> I hear I hear it's sterilized. Yeah, and, do uh, it before you lose your taste buds. <laughs> yes, that's my. That is my. Uh, that is the one thing I'm really terrified of. Uh, oh, yeah. that I'm gonna lose my sense of taste or smell. Uh, I, I mean, I guess it'll help me lose weight, but at the same time, it's like, ugh. Uh, I know a girl, a coworker of mine. She was. She caught it in the first wave, so it's been mm. two years. She she cannot taste or smell anything. And, uh, uh, yeah, what a is- horrible. That's Izzy's nightmare too, I think. Oh, that's that's like a big reason. I mean, that and I have terrible lungs, so I'm gonna, I'm definitely gonna like die of pneumonia. But yeah, I I don't want to, I don't want to not taste things. I already told Steve, like, if we're gonna not not taste things, this is where we're gonna do our 30 days of going vegan. Like, fuck it, why try? <laughs> yeah, you know, the, the, this friend of mine said that she just eats a lot of soup because she can't taste anything anyway, but she wants to keep eating just to try to taste something. So it turns into like this weird obsession where you, she's just 
trying anything to try to get her taste buds back. So she like eats. She ends up eating more than she normally would because she's trying to get her taste buds back, but then gives up and just eats Campbell's soup. You know, so it's like this horrible. Yeah, I didn't mean to bring everybody down. So. <laughs> well, babe, while we still can, do you have something to drink over there? By God, so, I so. do. From you into brewing, we have a Powder Mountain Pills. Hey, hey we live on Powder Mountain. We do. Woo! Let's see here. I like pills. Would you like pills? Do 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 do. Five uh, percent alcohol by. Pills. Oh, sorry, I was singing. Five percent alcohol by volume. Forget the map. Pack the winter. I disagree with their tag line right there. I disagree with it. Pack the map. Not just beer. <laughs> As somebody who enjoys watching Naked and Afraid and never wants to do, be in a survival situation, pack a goddamn map. I'm going to pop the stop now. All right. Oh, my top. Nice. Sorry, just making sure it's not a bottle bomb. We've had a lot of those as of late. And the pour. Ooh. Ooh, this is very effervescent. I'm glad we're getting to this beverage now. A very clear beer. Off-white foamy head. Lots of tiny bubbles that seem to be lingering. Tiny bubbles and they're lingering. Super mild aroma. Just a little bit of malt. You almost get more aroma off the CO2. Steve's gone in for the sip. Yeah, it's um, you know, a little drier than you might expect on the pills, but yeah, a little... Excuse me, a little piney hop note, and uh, yeah. yeah, just nice, clean finish. And... Easy drinking beer. Pilsners are supposed to be just really easygoing drinking beers. It's not like the big national brands. Uh, don't drink. Those are not real Pilsners, guys. Those nope. are all uh, international lagers. Don't let them fool you. They sit on a throne of lies. They're golden or wherever they are. No. <laughs> right? Champagne a beer my ass. <laughs> Trying to rip Steve's head out, headphones out by getting more beer. There you go. Mmm. So, Mr. and Mrs. Smith. Ah, uh, yes. 2005's Mr. and Mrs. Smith from director Doug Lyman. Who's he, Steve? Oh, I'm glad you asked. Uh, he directed Swingers, which I didn't know. I always wow. thought that was uh, John Favreau or something. But he just started it. Uh, he also did Go, The Born Identity, this, uh, apparently two episodes of The O.C., Right, Mario? Eh. The best two. Right. <laughs> uh, Jumper. Everybody remembers that movie. Oh, sure. Uh, Fair Game. I think the Daniel Craig one, if I remember right. Uh, Edge of Tomorrow. I I didn't know he directed The Wall, that Matt Damon, Great Wall of China movie. Oh, my God. Yeah. Oh, my God, I forgot about that movie. My mom convinced her highfalutin uh, movie group to watch that movie. How they react. Do they love it? <laughs> um, these are the guys who like to watch Marvel movies and like pick them apart and apparently they got about halfway through and everybody just looked at her and was like you picked this but when oh. she had not seen it she heard Steve and I talk about it once and thought it would be funny to suggest <laughs> this is where I get it from people that's great well, your mom should have a podcast uh, well, my mom doesn't she's know been how to before. she's been on before for, uh, for a boy and his dog <laughs> yeah her one of her favorite movies of all time, A Boy and His Dog. God bless her. <laughs> my my whole personality starting to make sense, right? <laughs> <laughs> I was going to say, you know, speaking of swingers, uh, Marty of Marty and Elaine, they used to play at the Dresden all the time. Uh, Marty passed away, I think, on Monday or Tuesday. Oh. So really? there's that scene where they walk to the Dresden and there's a, that couple singing Staying Alive, really 
He's wearing like a gaudy jumpsuit. Yeah, he's he was like a staple in L.A. for years. The dressing he and his wife, and he just passed away, I think, on Monday. So that oh. brought swingers uh, back because I think that's where most people are familiar with uh, with Marty and Elaine. So that quick scene yeah. guy passed away. Yeah, but Doug Liman has an interesting career, doesn't he? Like he oh, he yeah. has heavy hitters early on, and then kind of just uh, has trouble picking them later on. Yeah, even after the wall, like uh, American Made, that uh, Tom Cruise one that oh, I never watched. Yeah, yeah. But... Wait, wait, wait! That's not the one uh, where J Lo is a maid. No, that's LA? Made in Manhattan. <laughs> made in Manhattan. <laughs> uh, he also did Chaos Walking, which allegedly came out earlier this year with Tom Holland and uh, Daisy Ridley, and I don't even know where he can watch it. Like, I don't even know if it went to theaters or anything. Uh, but guys, he also has like seven movies like in development right now. He has Live, Die, Repeat, and Repeat. Of course, the sequel to Edge of Tomorrow slash Live, Die, Repeat, whatever you Which want. Which I actually it. really enjoyed. Yeah, yeah oh, absolutely. That's probably the last good one we've seen. Yeah, definitely. Groundhog Day with machine guns. Who doesn't like that? Yeah. Right? The problem was that movie, like they couldn't figure the marketing on it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It was kind of funny too. It was, it was actually when you went. And saw it. it had a, there was a sense of humor to it. It was fun, uh, but yeah, it was kind of marketed weird. Is it a hardcore action movie? What is it? Is it is it a sci-fi? What is it? It's hard to sci-fi is hard to market. I think. Yeah. Well. Yeah. And also his uh, his next one coming up is a uh, untitled SpaceX slash Tom Cruise project. Oh. Uh, untitled Noah Centennial Netflix spy project. Mm-hmm. We got to work on these titles, man. Right. Uh, the Cannonball Run. <gasps> Apparently, that's going to be a thing. They're remaking the Cannonball Run. Who do you Dur- cast in that? Right, and directed by Doug right? Liman too. So uh, obviously, it'll be like uh, like Vince Vaughn, Brad Pitt, like all the people he's worked with in the past, Matt Damon. Uh, uh, Misha Barton from the OC, uh, Samuel L. Jackson from Jumper. <laughs> uh, yeah, who do you put him in? There? Yeah, who, who's in the Sinatra role? I mean, you know, like Dean Martin. We get like a drunk Michael Bublé. I don't understand. I need more on this. I need more information on this. Well, yeah, that's like four movies away. So stuff. coming 2028, maybe? I don't know. <laughs> so it's Pitt and Clooney. Like oh, like like Sinatra and like from Ocean's Eleven. Uh, like yeah, yeah, it, it's basically Ocean's Fourteen, but it's like you know, uh, Ocean and Furious or something. Yeah. They got a long way to go and a short time to get there, so they're gonna do it. That's it. Can't be done. <laughs> Doug Lemon's gonna do. He's gonna do a Smokey and the Bandit reboot. He's gonna do all these classic franchises. All right, gonna, somebody get me the Snowman. Well, well, Hold on, this Justin. Well, after that, he has another classic. Well, soon to be franchise. Uh, apparently he's remaking Roadhouse. Oh. That's that's listed on IMDb. Listen, Who's going to be asking, in it? I don't oh know. My. Doesn't matter to me. For trouble. You're asking for trouble remaking that movie. Yeah. You know, pain don't hurt. Oh. Well, here, here's here's a completely original idea for a movie. Uh, it's called Everest because <laughs> they didn't make one of those five years ago, right? Uh, but this one's about it. It stars Ewan McGregor as George Mallory, and you know that. First one to make it to the top of Everest. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. Mm. Edmund Hillary or something. Yeah, that and could be a good. Uh, that could be a good. Uh, depending on who you get to play the Sherpa, that could be. A good one. <laughs> it's Jackie Chan. Right. Oh. <laughs> That'd be great. Why wouldn't it be? 
<laughs> it's uh, Tony Ja. No, um... <laughs> no, no, it's uh, the guy from uh, Shang-Chi. Oh. oh, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I can see it. There you go. <laughs> Aquafina. No, yes, it's Aquafina. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, the last one I, I used to listed. know. I used to know that Sherpa's name, and I can't remember his name now, and I can't. It's bothering uh, me. Oh, uh, Tanzig Norgay. That's it. Oh my God! Yeah. Yes, How do you you're know right. that? Have you not seen Intolerable Cruelty? No. The Coen Brothers. No. Well then, there you go. No, I gave up on the Coen Brothers. <laughs> what? Well, that, that was like 2004. <laughs> How did you give up on the? Why did you give up on the Coen Brothers? What happened? How did they hurt you? I. Uh, you know what it is? I think it's just that. I know. Like, what, I know a, what another was. set of movies that were like not advertised the way that they are and i just watched every movie and realized oh these movies aren't for me but they're being marketed towards me uh, okay. see what well, do you think it Ma- was mario is inside lewin davis oh fuck that movie fuck that oh. movie so hard fuck that movie and then hell caesar and like, uh, hell know. caesar could have been so much better <laughs> There are a couple you know, of just they, they, moments of brilliance. There, there's a, there's a, around the intolerable cruelty time is when, like after Big Lebowski, they just kind of decided, well, we're just going to make the movies that we like to make. Well, they were always kind of like that, but they really yeah. got more like F you if you don't like us. Yeah, you just don't that, get it. After, yeah. yeah. <laughs> and so, yeah. But if you're, if you're with them early on, I just watched uh, uh, Tragedy of Macbeth and I loved it. So. But I'm a nerd, so. But uh, the, the, the that's the new Denzel one, right? Yeah, that's a that's a solo Cohen brother. It's Joel, Joel Cohen. Singular Cohen, ooh. Yeah. But yeah, that's that's okay. I there's certain directors that yeah that they just don't make movies that are for me. And uh, I love that you are just cool about it, Izzy, and not like me. And they're like, that's that guy. <laughs> oh, I mean, I fuck, fuck the yeah. movie Inside Lewin Davis, and yeah, fuck that, Lewin Davis. That, that's what good... everybody says about Izzy, level-headed through and through. <laughs> but I, here's, I can, I, I don't want to yuck somebody else's yum. I'll judge it. I'll judge the fuck out of it. But I don't want to like ruin it for you. Okay. Yeah. If so was it? Thing, what was it about Lewin Davis? Was it just the character? Like he was a completely unlikable character. It, it was the whole damn movie because it's about an asshole independent artist who's trying to be next Bob Dylan, but has very little talent and even less people skills. And uh, he's kind of an asshole to a cat. It, it, it's a, it's about a self-centered prick who tr- almost who tries to kill a cat. Like, and that's, yeah, that's all right. the movie is about. The, and it's that, that's like, it oh, but it's cat. a character study of this, that. Okay, but he has no character arc. He's still an asshole at the end. <laughs> But when Justin yeah. Timberlake and Kylo Ren show up for three minutes, it's fucking amazing. That moments of brilliance. It's <laughs> it's like the sailor scene in Hail Caesar. That's right, well, Channing Tatum. Yeah. Oh, that is great. That is a great little musical. You're not expecting that, but that's such a great. Uh... Yeah. There is a great moment in uh, in. <laughs> There's a great moment in Hail Caesar where he's doing the speech where he's a centurion and they've just. The crucifixion oh, just happened, yeah. and he gets through the whole speech, and he flubs it at the end, and he just goes, "It's just the way George Clooney goes, son of a bitch." That's just so. <laughs> there's something about it that's so good that I can just watch over and over and over again. Would but enough about the Coen Brothers. I'm sorry, that... I didn't mean to take us down that path. Oh no no. Yeah. Oh, okay, so, okay. Well, Doug Lyman's last one he has uh, he has listed is Luna Park. <clears throat> A group of renegade employees who venture to the moon to steal an energy source. That's all I got. No, no, Lunar Park is from uh, Futurama. It's where they have said they carry a harpoon. 
Oh, that's right. <laughs> and they tell right. tales because there are no whales. Oh, that's they're, right. They're sailors. <laughs> How do you remember that? <laughs> because that's taking up space for my social security number. Yeah, I was going to say, baby, okay, you know that offhand. Um, what's your pin? <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> no, actually, I do. It's my guinea pig's old show number. Nobody yeah. has any way of ever looking that up in any way, shape, or form, so I can say that. <laughs> yes, guinea pigs right. have show numbers, all. all right, well, this this movie was also written uh, by Simon Kinberg. Does that name sound familiar, babe? He directed no. something we did uh, last year. Is this something I care about? <laughs> nope, it's D- X Men Dark Phoenix. He directed that. Oh, oh, I don't give a fuck. Right? And also uh, the 355, which just came out last week. But he uh, got up the ranks as a writer. He wrote everybody's favorite Triple X, State of the Union. <laughs> <laughs> this. And then X-Men Last Stand, Jumper, Sherlock Holmes, This Means War, Fan 4 Stick, X-Men Days of Future Past, and X-Men Apocalypse. So just pure winners. Yep, through and through. God damn it. Like, everything on the list made me mad. Uh, but then, the cast, oh my. Sir Bradley Pitt has John Smith. Oh. <laughs> no, not from the Pocahontas story. Uh, Angelina Jolie as Jane Smith. Vince Vaughn as Eddie. We got Adam Brody, Keith David, Kerry Washington, Michelle Monaghan. Bunch of, bunch of people showing up for cameos in this one. A lot mm-hmm. of cameos! <laughs> Everybody wants uh, Mario- to work with the... Uh... With Brangelina. Right? I mean, who would? It's before they were Brangelina. In fact, <laughs> they become Brangelina because of this. Uh, spoiler alert? That's right, yeah. Uh, Mario, do you remember your first time watching this? Uh, it was on... I wanted to see it in the film four, right? Uh, yeah, 05, 05. 2005, yeah. This is around the time I... Oh, yeah, so my daughter would have been a baby. So you just, like, the first year of... Of uh, being a parent, you just don't go to the movies. So you wait for everything to get. Uh, with those days, you just waited for it to show up on cable, or you know, you rented it. You rented the discs from Netflix. Did we? Was that 2005 even yet? Oh yeah, yeah. I, we, I still do it. So, yeah, those people yeah. who still from Netflix. <laughs> yeah, I think that's how we saw it. It was either Netflix or uh, or we waited for it to be on cable. But it was oh, yeah, each, HBO premiere or something like that. Yeah, but once we, I remember once seeing it, I was like, okay, I'm glad we watched, caught that on cable. That is a nice way of putting it. Nice. Yeah, I uh, I saw this one in theaters. I was, what, 24, I guess, when it came out. Uh, around the time when it was like, oh, man, what do we get uh, Steve for a birthday or Christmas? I got, like, eight copies of this over the course of, like, a year as, like, everybody's, like, go-to thing. Because, like, oh, yeah, Steve likes... Angelina Jolie and action movies. There's a couple of those coming out this year, right? Uh, <laughs> but uh, I come to find out, my, my wife had never seen this movie before. No, nope, never seen it. Incredible. Because it, it's, it's absolute perfection. I mean, <laughs> spoiler alert, but... <laughs> you know, we, we can kind of just go... Everybody knows the story, right? Like, uh, John and Jane, you know, Brad Pitt and Angelina Jolie, they're a married couple... Uh, they've been married, uh, you know, five or six years, as they say, throughout the, the film. Yeah. Five <laughs> and, or six uh, years. And, yeah, and their marriage is kind of on the rocks. Uh, but then they uh, kind of stumble upon the fact that they're both professional assassins working for different agencies. 
and uh, hijinks ensue. Is that pretty much I'm it? always confused. Did they not know in oh, okay. Bogota that they Yeah, were thank you. Uh, like, <laughs> that, that's, that always ruined the movie for me. And I think that's what... You're a terrible spy if you don't realize that this other person's a spy, too. How do you not realize that? You know, it was like... I don't know. That always bothered me about this movie. That was the one thing. It's like... I, they gave the impression that they knew. I feel like they, you know... They both knew what to do when they were being confronted by the local authorities... And they just yeah. kind of fell right in. So I was always under the assumption that they knew that they were spies. And then they did this whole thing where they didn't know and they were bored with each other. And I, yeah, that always, that always bothered me. Yeah, I agree. You know, we, we've seen like all the James Bond movies, as I'm sure you have. And there, there are scenes like that scene of Bogota, like straight out of there where, you know, they kind of bump into each other, but they like, know like, Oh yeah, you're you're the Bond girl now. Like like either you're a spy as an ally or you're a spy for the other team. I'm gonna turn with a thrust of me pelvis. And, yeah, you know. <laughs> but but yeah, apparently they just uh, meet there in Bogota and you know they they dance the forbidden dance and you know. Oh, there's an extra in that scene in the beginning who is just going for it. I don't know if you noticed that. Oh, <laughs> oh, the, the guy in the background who's like damn near pegging the girl in the back. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. He's just like jackhammering away in the background. It's like, whoa, dude. That yeah. Is, yeah. I yeah, always it, it's like that. nice and slow mo. It's got the little like twelve string pian- uh, guitar. And you just see the guy in the background like it's fucking spring break. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah. So I just wanted to throw in, like you guys were saying, that uh, it didn't make sense, like in Bogota, and that I I was also like, oh man, this is some bullshit. Like they're, you know, they, they must not be very good spies if they don't know the other one's a spy. And that could also be true, but I I think I realized the point of the movie because like we'll get into it, but like they're in therapy and all of that. They're both so self-absorbed that they didn't have time to pay attention to the other one. So yeah. like like in Bogota, they're both so worried about being found out that it's like, oh, you know, here's a drunk guy in the bar. I'm gonna take him to my room. Oh, here's some chick getting hassled by by cops. I'm gonna take her to my room. And then like from there on out, they're both so just sort of like internally obsessed with keeping their own secret that they don't realize the other they're not paying attention to the other one. Cause like we'll we'll get to it, but like they haven't been having sex and stuff like that. So they're just not paying attention to each other. I mean, could yeah, you, either yeah, of you guys have an Angelina Jolie in the house and not sleep with her? Well, you know what's funny? You're, you're right. You, you you bring up a good point because in that scene later on in the desert, where she's she's got him, she's looking through the scope and it's like a heat signature, and yeah. she's supposed to kill him. Obviously, he's the target. The fact that she doesn't recognize him from like his body language tells you yeah. after yeah. they've been married six years. Because I, you guys have been in this situation. You're in like a crowd somewhere. You can pick your wife out or your husband out. Based oh, yeah. on the way they walk or their their body language, you're like, oh, there well, there she is. My, mine's Without... a head taller than everybody else in the crowd, so that's cheating. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Izzy was saying the same thing, like, oh yeah, she can tell that's Brad Pitt, right? Like we can, even though we we're not supposed to know, you know, just by his yeah his yeah. movements. Yeah, there's Yeah, there's a lot of weird uh, stuff you're just supposed to take with a grain of salt, I guess, uh, to make the plot work. And, um, yeah, I, and that's one of those things where, like I said, it, it just always bothered me that I was like, wow, these are two terrible spies. But I do like the fact that you're saying that, Izzy, that they're, that they're both 
so self-absorbed. That's a great explanation for it. Maybe I'll which like I'm, this movie now. Yeah, which, which I mean, I, I feel like that's like them being that self-absorbed doesn't make them a better spy in any way, shape, or form, but it makes it a little bit more believable. And I think, like I said, yeah. I think that's what we're supposed to get from like them going to therapy and whatnot and being, you know, we'll find out, but unhappy in their marriage. Yeah. Oh, and, and like they have their separate armories, like his is out in the tool shed and hers is like in, in the oven, basically. <laughs> <Right>. Like, <laughs> Hey, woman's supposed to be in the kitchen, right? I mean, <laughs> from your lips to everyone else's ears, babe. <laughs> <laughs> anyway. All I know is that uh, when, I, when they showed that scene in the armory, I was more, my, I'm always focused on that coffee pot. How do you get a coffee <laughs> pot that's shiny? I don't know if you... This, this movie, there's, there's a ton of weird details in this movie that I, I always notice every time I watch it in that coffee pot. My God dang, that is the shiniest coffee pot I've ever seen. I don't know. I just, I, I, I'll, yeah. I'll no, it, it's, it's called being, it's called being so rich that you have housekeepers. Yeah. Polish oh, my you, can't, you can't have a housekeeper in that house. Oh no, they definitely have housekeepers. They're like, they're, 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 from, like, they're from one of the agencies, but oh yeah, oh, they're probably yeah. like oh yeah, stay out of the tool shed. Point. Why would you go in there? Yeah, yeah, housekeepers don't go to your tool shed. Well, so... they, well, they would clean your oven though, right? Yeah, yeah. So that's why it's one of Angelina Jolie's girls. She's like, oh yes, I just hired one of the. Uh, uh, I ha- I'm just calling a girl from the maid agency. Oh, Carrie like, Washington coming in. Yeah, uh, like I'm sorry, Carrie, but uh, you're still an intern, so you're gonna be washing my fucking house. Be sure to get all the pubes out of the shower. Bye. Yeah. Uh, so, so yeah, we talked about the, the separate uh, uh, agencies, I guess, that they work for. Uh, Keith David is basically Charlie with his angels, right. like his his legion of super hot spies. Yes. Yeah. Oh. I love it. But, but we don't. I mean, there's really only one scene we get to see Keith David, and it's like on the reflection of a monitor kind of thing. And I'm yeah, like, because he's yeah. supposed to be Charlie. You never see Charlie. Oh, that's true. You get that right? voice yeah. though. You do get that Keith David voice. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you do. Like, like he's, oh, Keith David, always a favorite. You know, he's gonna start talking about jazz or something. You know, <laughs> how to get the beans over the Franks? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you know the famous Keith David line. I don't know. Uh, <laughs> Uh, yeah, so yeah, they the, the thing in the desert where they're trying to uh, basically get their target, Adam Brody, remember him? Uh, <laughs> and uh, things go awry, and uh, they basically end up thinking they kill you know each other as marks or whatever. But but yeah, they both basically like make each other like looking at like the the footage and like you know or like following like a scrap that like scrap of paper that had like the corner of a, a letter of a logo. And it's like, yeah. oh, yeah, it's this building. Yeah. <laughs> we'll just take it back to Q. They'll figure it out. Right. And then we get to dinner that night. So they both go home. And they're, like, sneaking around. Or, you know, Brad Pitt's, like, sneaking around the apartment. Because he knows that she's a spy and try to have him killed. And she thinks the same thing. But they, like... The the banter in this movie is so fucking fantastic. Like oh, all the is. little it's back good. and forth, the double entendres, and yeah, I don't know. I I love it. I don't know about you guys. I was surprised because you sent me a text and you said, "Hey, we're doing shitty spy movies," <laughs> and you threw this in there. And I've never thought this was a shitty spy movie. It, I, it's I, not. I, I, I just thought, wanted to make Izzy watch it. <laughs> yeah, no. I, thought, I the cast is great. It's well acted. 
it's well written, but again, it's always that scene in the beginning yep. that, bo- that that bothers me. That, that that kept it from being a good movie, a perfect movie. You mean and, the premise? Uh, <laughs> well, I always thought it was a lesser. I always think I like it, but to me, it's a lesser True Lies. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I can see that. But yeah. I never, but I never thought it was awful. I never thought it was bad. It's a well-made movie. Uh, but yeah, I was just surprised. So I'm glad that you like it because I was like, oh, I, I picked it because it was the best of that. Of the, <laughs> I forgot what else was in there, but I was like, oh, oh, no. <laughs> oh let's see. There, there was like Proud Mary, uh, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> Electra, Peppermint. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. I was like, no, no, no. I'll take this one. Yeah, it, yeah, yeah. Also, it's one of those movies that had it has a life on cable where it's still you're flipping through the channels and you still see it all the time. Oh, absolutely. You, you go watch T- TBS Superstation or whatever. It's on like every week. It's on right now. So as we speak, it's on. People will turn off this podcast and go look for it. It'll be on Stars or something. Right. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But yeah, they, so they have the dinner and like it, it's like slow, so methodically paced where he's, they're like cutting the pot rose like, oh, it's your favorite. And he's like tasting it. And he's got like a, a look on his mouth like, did she, uh, she poison this? And she's just like looking back and like sipping wine like it's i don't know the, the whole guys watch this movie i'm, I'm gonna say it right now just watch it <laughs> but then it becomes uh he he tests her by like dropping that uh sh- that uh, wine bottle and she catches it and then it's like oh shit he's on to me and like drops it and then they're instantly like scurrying off grabbing their guns or like driving off <laughs> Uh, but yeah it basically like angelina drives off in a car and brad's like chasing after her and he like bumps into the fence and accidentally puts a bullet in the windshield of the car. And so she's like, motherfucker, and like runs him over a little bit. He's up on the sunroof and gets into the car just in time for her to jump out and send the car flying off the road. It's yeah, it's fantastic. <laughs> and then, of course, it all up that all that that ratchets up to sexual tension. Oh, absolutely. <laughs> Uh, Mario, I heard somewhere you might be considered a, a bit of a boob man. Oh, I mentioned that earlier. Embarrassing. <laughs> <laughs> embarrassing. Um, I was saying, there's two women, I always say that I, that I passed on in the early 90s, back in, in shallower times, where I would just be like, no, like, you know, she does not meet up to my, I mean, obviously, you know, being the physical specimen that I am, I can just, <laughs> uh, you know, I can just reject women at will uh women who have uh, no interest in me at all i can just say no no no. it's acting standards i understand fire me no 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 i'm firing you (laughs) so that is not covered by the way something went down the wrong pipe it was when you said the word boob i just what i inhaled very quickly Um, (laughs) he's instantly like looking for the wife like oh she's upstairs still right (laughs) yeah so um looking around quickly for my wife but she's upstairs. Uh, no. Uh, yeah, so so Angelina Jolie. And then when I watch, uh, you mentioned that uh, the Beatles are the friends of rock and roll, right? The, the show Friends. Uh, friends is on all the time. Somebody's always watching Friends. Anytime I see 90s Jennifer Aniston, uh, I'm always like, wow, she was really, there was a reason that she was America's sweetheart. And for some reason, I never had any interest in, in uh Jennifer Aniston, and now I see her, and I'm like, oh my god, she's gorgeous. Uh, so, Angelina Jolie, same thing. 
So when I watch this movie, uh, this is like, you know, Angelina Jolie in her prime. Uh, let's not forget that. Academy Award winner. Academy Award winner. And I think my whole thing with uh, with um, with uh, Angelina Jolie is basically shallowly based on a video game. It's like they, I think she was, they, they cast her as Tomb Raider. Well, yeah. Yeah. And I was like, well, she doesn't look like Tomb Raider. We all, she doesn't have, she doesn't have hexagonal boobs. <laughs> yeah, she has very curvaceous boobs, Mario. I yeah, so I was always I didn't know that was a turnoff for you. <laughs> yeah, they have to be hexagonal. You know what I mean? I'm a, I'm a, I was, you know, back in my incel days. <laughs> so, <laughs> so, so yeah. more of a Jennifer Garner would have been your pick. <laughs> uh, yeah, you know what? I, I think there's just a certain. I think if, if a if a if a if a if a an actress looks lanky, I guess. I'm less attracted to a lanky, uh, a, a lanky form. But uh, now that I'm old, now that I'm older, I guess I'm, I'm appreciating these things. Like you know, it's like it's like scotch. You know, you don't, you can only, you only drink scotch after a certain age. You can't drink it when you're like 25, right? Okay, I can see it. I can see it's it. It's too complex for the for your dumb taste buds when you're 25. Yep. <laughs> well, as someone who was 25 when Angelina Jolie was, you know. In, her in this prime. movie, yeah, this was my jam, baby. This was because uh... <laughs> you also have to understand. Once Salma Hayek hit the scene, that was it. That was it for me. I, I was one. In, that's it. That she's been the love of my life ever since. Uh, yeah, since '95. So. I get it. Yeah, I get it. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. So anybody, you know, you know, they they all they all paled in comparison to the great Salma Hayek. And now they're together in uh, in Eternals. Which I got five minutes into and just had to turn off. <clears throat> oh shit! Oh shit! Watch that! Watch that! Oh, it's, uh, oh, 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 oh uh, basically, uh, Angelina and her angels kind of raid the house and clear out uh, Brad Pitt's armory and stuff. But luckily, he's got his buddy Eddie, played by Vince Vaughn, uh, <laughs> who lives with his mom. And uh, for, the long, for the longest time, I, I was wondering if his mom really existed or not. Like, <laughs> I don't know. There's the one line she has later or whatever, but like, I don't, I don't know if it's because like Psycho had come out before this or whatever, but it's like. Is 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 this mob really there? Because there's guns all over that place. There, you know. The set dressing on Vince Vaughn's house is one of the best parts of the movie for the, for me. Like I just every scene in there, I was looking around. I love the mix of like like old Afghans and like little military toys and you know the wallpaper and whatnot. And then yeah, just guns in every corner. Every single corner has guns. If you notice very carefully, uh, when he get, when he, when Brad Pitt's scratching on the couch, he's got that cowboy blanket. <laughs> it's a well, blanket. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You can tell it's from like the 1950s, and it you know apparently it stinks. Yeah, but like like the set dressing on this house absolutely looks like it's the house of the mother of a 35 year old Vince Vaughn, right? Yeah. <laughs> I love it. <laughs> She's the only woman I ever trusted. Why wouldn't I want to live with her? <laughs> yeah, he's fantastic as always. Uh, oh, that's right. Yeah, they go through the chart pieces and find out uh, their headquarters, or I guess new headquarters or wherever, are in this this tower that's under construction still. I'm like, wait, that doesn't make a lot of sense. Don't worry about it, Steve. 
Um, oh, oh, so here's the thing. I think the headquarters cover is that they're this, like, Black Rock or whatever construction. Yeah. His cover is that he's Smith construction. Yeah, yeah. So, like, not only yeah, are yeah, they comp- no, no. competing agents, they have... Com- competing fronts. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And he's, like, him and Vince Vaughn are, like, the indie hit guys. Um, she works for the big, like, Charlie's Angel Corporation. Okay. Yeah. There's more la- layers to it. Like an you. onion. It's like an onion. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but uh, but yeah, basically they catch Brad Pitt in the elevator, and uh, he's like, "You're not gonna kill me." Blah blah blah. She calls his bluff and drops his ass down. Explosion. <laughs> Roll credits, guys. What do we think of Mr. and Mrs. Smith? Oh shit. No. No, we see that he uh he used his spy trickeration and whatnot to only make her think that she had killed her husband. Yeah, he rewired the cameras. Yep. So then, uh, so then, of course, as Angelina or anyone would really do after killing their husband or wife, uh, they go to have a nice fancy dinner alone, you know, <laughs> dressed, dressed to the nines, look for, you know, husband number three or whatever it might be. And uh, lo and behold, Brad Pitt shows up and is like, hey, sweetie, um, thanks for giving me the shaft. I want a divorce. <laughs> <laughs> Quippy one-liners. They're still kind of feeling each other out, like, okay, well, she did try to kill me. Uh, she did shed, like, a single tear, but, you know, I, I feel like she would do it again. And, you know, was I always a mark, blah, blah, blah. They're kind of feeling that. And then he's like... You do get a yes. lot of uh, Brad Pitt underwear shots in this, too. Uh, oh, I don't know how yeah. always he feels about that. But uh, a little something for the ladies. Equal yeah. Yeah. Uh, that, that, uh, oh, no, we're not there yet. I was going to say it's it's... it's that's during the car chase on the freeway, so you, you haven't gotten there yet. I'm sorry. I'm oh, thinking, yeah. <laughs> I'm just thinking about Brad Pitt's underwear. I'm sorry. Uh, it, it, say we get to see a little peek of uh, Angelina's, you know, underdress and whatnot when, uh, when you know, he's they're dancing. He's, like, frisking her for weapons, you know, a couple knives, a gun or two, you know, that kind of stuff. Um, and then, uh, yeah, just the, the whole banter, this whole scene where they're, like, dancing and, like, you know, basically frisking each other on the dance floor. Fucking perfect, man. Like, the, the, right? the, the scene where she, like, goes down and he, like, glances over, you know, breaks that fourth wall and, like, winks at the audience or whatever. Fantastic. But he's not winking at the audience. He's winking... At other dancers, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Why then, wouldn't you? Yeah, right? <laughs> like, eh? <hey? laughs> Yeah, so then uh, eventually Angelina, you know, they, they're, they're like talking back and forth, and then they're like, yeah, it was just a job, right? Yep, just a job. Right? Right? What? What are we talking about? Angelina's like, okay, I gotta go to the bathroom, and like runs up. Boom! <laughs> Escape. Yeah. And then, yeah, there's the whole like race home, and uh, I don't know, they're like on the, the cell phone or like car phone or something talking to one another, and... Uh, I, I don't know. He says something like, you know, what, what did you think when you saw me in Bogota? And like, he's like, I thought you were Christmas morning. She's like, I thought you were the prettiest Mark I had ever seen. And so, yeah, they're still angry. And then we get the whole scene there at the house where, okay, again, they're like, he's like trying to infiltrate the house and she's in there with like a fucking shotgun. And yeah, there's just a whole big shootout and then blowing up the kitchen. And then the whole like fisticuffs. Well, Express yourself as playing in the background. It's a, That's right. it's a pretty it's a, brutal little fight scene. I it's love a it. Good fight scene, yeah. 
a lot of good, you know, this movie gets kind of passed over for uh, uh, a lot of good stunts, a lot of good, uh, not fight choreography, but that whole car chase is great. There's a lot of great stunts in it. And uh, yeah, a lot of good fight choreography and a good balance of just, uh, you know, injections of humor. You know, you've got, I mean, if you've got Vince Vaughn as a sidekick, who, who isn't going to love that? Yeah. And as around this time, Izzy said, hey, Steve. If you ever want to, you know, smash a lamp on my head for some reason, let, let's just talk it out. You know, <laughs> I thought it was kind of cute. <laughs> <laughs> let's let's just have a conversation about it. All right, babe. Yeah. But yeah, eventually the fight ends in a little standoff and, uh, you know, they got the guns pointed at each other, but they just can't pull the trigger. And Brad Pitt puts his gun down and uh, he's basically like, you want it? It's yours. Straight to Pound Town. <laughs> and uh, they're into the rough stuff. And, uh, you know, whatever. Oh. I watch. <laughs> I like to watch. Yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> but then, uh, knock, knock. It's the neighbors at the door. We heard uh, we heard some screaming and some noises and I think a shotgun. Um, <laughs> are, are you guys okay? Yeah, yeah, we're just uh, redecorating. Of course, they're like in their underwear and stuff, and it's like, oh, uh, okie dokie. <laughs> I like that little laugh you did. I'm sorry. Ooh, <laughs> 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 that's good coffee. <laughs> mm, that's what I call good coffee. <laughs> All right, but now it's time. Okay, they, they've resolved their issues. Roll credits, guys. Mister and Mrs. Nope. We gotta have the third act with the big explosions and all that. Oh shit! So the next morning comes up and Eddie's getting a text, and it's holy shit. Jane's on the market. She she has a she has a, a price of four hundred thousand dollars for an assassin to take her out. And John too. Uh oh. Yeah. Meanwhile, they're like lying on like the floor of their destroyed house, like you know, talking about past jobs and comparing scars and. Uh, just, just again, incredible banter and dialogue back and forth. Um, but then instantly there's like gas grenades and stuff coming through the windows and laser sights and pop, pop. And, and everybody's like running around. They have to go down to the basement. And uh, basically they, you know, there's like a little robot that like drops a bomb down the stairs. And of course, as that exploding, they have to jump out of the, jump out of the house and just whoa, one of the biggest, fakest explosions I've ever seen. But it's fantastic. And clears out, I'm assuming, like, 20 assassins that were there. Very very eraser, you know? <laughs> and then, okay, then we get, the, uh, we get the scene where they take the neighbor's car, and we get one of the coolest chase scenes I've seen in a while. Murray, you want to take us through this one? Oh, it's great. They have the minivan uh, the do- with handy doors. And they're driving down. <laughs> That's right. And as, what's great is I love that they're, they're doing, like, this confessional as they're because uh, people are trying to attack, so they've got like the minivan that has the first one that the double doors, like a gunship. And there's a one great scene where the guy tries to get, he jumps into the uh, into the van, and Brad Pitt just like throws him through the other door, and says, "Oh, these doors are handy." Um, but then there's that great, there's a great line in here where she says that her 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 parents died; she was an orphan, right? And then yeah. he says something like. He's like, well, who did I meet then? He's, they were paid actors. He's like, I told you I saw your dad on Fantasy Island. <laughs> 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 yeah. Fantastic. 
which oh yeah um, and he like says uh yeah it was uh i was married once before and she like slams on the brakes and he comes yeah. flying up into the <laughs> yeah. front of the van avoid <laughs> the front seat <laughs> yeah and then, i think this is the first movie to do uh the the spin and then shooting she does the thing where she she slams on the brakes spins the car and then shoots and takes out the other car I think oh, yeah, this is the first the, the reverse Rockford and yeah, then back to the, the forward J-turn. Rockford. Yeah. Yeah, this is the first movie I think that did that. Uh where there's someone shooting out of it. Because they've done it in like James Bond since. Uh, but I think this might have been the, the origin of that, yeah. if I'm not mistaken. Yeah, I, I I can't think of one before that that did it, but yeah. <laughs> like I'm trying to think of like Matrix did it or something, but it's like, no, that was a that was yeah, a different thing. That whole scene is so well directed. That that action scene is very well directed. It's hard to do cars stunt like car chases like that. But I think because they focus on the banter, like you're right, where she slams on the brakes and they're they're doing that whole thing. I think that really helps. Uh, yeah, that really helps the the scene. Uh, but yeah, they do have boy, they do have chemistry. They really do. Uh, and so you can see why they probably fell in love on the you know. I, I don't know who I love more. Right? They're both fucking dreamy. Right? <laughs> yeah, yeah so... that, that whole thing, he's kind of nonchalantly shooting at one point, too, where he's talking to her and just shooting, like, uh, out the back, like, just like these angry bullets, like, just, you know, one at a time. He's, not even... <laughs> he's like, <laughs> flicking the gun at him, too, and I'm like, that's probably not the best way to do that, yeah. <laughs> yeah I love it. That's a good one. Yeah. So yeah. So they get away, and you know, the highway shut down for a week. I don't know, but uh, they go into like talk to Eddie at the diner, and he basically fills him in like, yeah, there's a hit on you guys, and you know, your, your only chance is going to be like if you separate. Like, no, no, we're going to do this together, but we need a bargaining chip. And so they remember, oh yeah, Adam Brody. Remember him from like an hour earlier in the movie? We should go get him because everybody wants them, right? Yeah, because his TV's not working right. His TV's on the fritz. <laughs> this... Oh, I, I love that with the like again with the back and forth when he's like, "So how many people have you killed?" Or you're like, "How many?" And you're like, "I don't know, high fifties, low sixties, somewhere in there." And she's like, "Yeah, three hundred twelve for me." I'm like, what? <laughs> yes. <laughs> like sometimes two or three at a time. Yeah. <laughs> Well, to be fair, she did work for a for a professional agency. Oh, like, of course, yeah, like, yeah. Like you said, she worked for a big company. Yeah, he was so. like semi-pro, independent. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah. So yeah, then they uh, they basically have to infiltrate this safe house where they have Adam Brody stored away. Long story short, they get there, get him out, and they start interrogating him in the like a motel room. And and Adam Brody's wearing a Fight Club shirt, which I thought was uh, a little a little cute. <laughs> Oh, that's right. Yeah, yeah, that's right. And I like how, okay, I like how Brad Pitt's like trying to be the nice guy. Like, look, here's a couple options. Uh, we could do this, and it'll be fine. Do this. Punchline is you're dead. Uh, and then Anna Brody says something quippy, and Angelina just grabs the phone and fucking slaps him with it. Yeah. <laughs> he does that thing. He's like, oh, you have a spasm? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but then Adam Brody spills the beans. He's not the target. They are. The agency's found out that they were married and living together, and now they had to take care, you know, tie loose ends or something. And yeah. 
Like, okay, so the agencies knew, but they didn't? Wait, that doesn't make a whole lot of fucking sense. Yeah, the agencies paid more attention to their relationship than they did, babe. (laughs) Again, the one flaw in this movie. (laughs) Um, So yeah, basically, oh yeah, and then they're like completely surrounded because there was like a locator in Adam Brody's belt or something. And so they have to escape this motel, and they go running off. Um, and they, uh, break into the, uh, the homemade store, basically like, a uh, like a Lowe's or Home Depot like or something. DIY or something. Yeah. Yeah. And then they get dressed in suits as have written down. Why? Because you want to look good. Because you're turning <laughs> in your, res- you're basically turning in your resignation. So you want to look good. It saves on the funeral thing. They don't have to find a suit to put you in at, for the funeral. Right. I don't know. Angelina just looks super cool wearing that that really that starched white blouse, and she's got like the like the shooting glasses on, and oh, she yeah, just yeah. <laughs> you know she's got like a like a pilot the, the night vision pilot glasses on. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So they they, they uh, basically set up to just have this huge fucking shootout there at the the homemade and just and the elevator music and. She's sniping, and then she gets knocked down, and Brad Pitt's like, oh, save her. And, you know. <laughs> and they're wearing, like... Don't forget, she hits him with a knife. Oh, yeah, that's right. Yeah, throws the knife in his leg, and he's like, what the fuck? <laughs> <laughs> and they're wearing, like, their bulletproof uh, jackets and whatnot, but they get lit up pretty fucking bad. I'm like, yeah, oh, they, they make it at the end, right? I, I seem to remember that in this movie. <laughs> <laughs> Those suits don't last, that's for sure. Yeah, they, they, I mean, they're designed to take, like, one, maybe two things, and then that should be it. But, I don't know, special Kevlar things they got somewhere. I, I, I'm, I'm going to guess from Eddie. We'll, we'll say that. How about that? <laughs> but, uh, yeah, yeah. But, yeah, basically they end up diving into, like, one of the sheds with a bunch of soil and stuff in it. So they're they're cornered. This is it. Roll credits, guys. What are they going to do? <gasps> They're going to jump out of there like Butch and Sundance. Yeah, I'm just saying. And they got the like, little, like, slow-mo, like, the dance music's playing, and there's, like, fucking rockets whizzing by, and, you know, like, spinning around, you know, fucking Boondock Saint style. Pop, 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 pop. <laughs> but, uh, but, yeah, they make it. They're, they're the last one standing. Yeah, I mean, why up. wouldn't you be? Right? <laughs> I mean, too good looking to die. They have to know that. They had to yeah, know yeah. out there, we are too good looking to die. Indeed. And then yeah. uh, then we cut to them back in marriage counseling. And uh, Mario, what happens? Well, you know, we, we live happily ever after. We They found that spark. And uh, I forgot what he says. He says something. I forgot <laughs> what he says. Yeah, the counselor's like, well, I'm glad you guys were able to sort things out. You know, marriage is above. He's like, ask the sex question. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> ten out of ten. Yeah. And then yeah, roll credits, guys. That's Mr. and Mrs. Smith. <laughs> I I was you know I, I think that's another thing that bothered me is that they don't immediately, tr- but I guess it's because of the business they're in, they don't immediately trust each other. They have to go through that whole second act. But I guess it would be a shorter movie. I just hate that at yeah. one point they're adver- adversarial but i guess that's the whole point of the movie you know but like i say yeah, it's a lesser through lies for that reason yeah for me the ending always seemed really abrupt because it was like okay cool yeah this big shootout and killed like 50 assassins blah 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 
they're still going to be coming after you, like like save it for a sequel kind of thing. But yeah, they end on the the humorous note, and it's like, okay, cool. Yeah, it's been about two hours. I'm okay with this. You know. <laughs> well, you just figure that you know they're gonna, you know that whatever happens, they're gonna live. It's just yeah. one of those things. You never yeah, so need a sequel. They're gonna survive every every time. Totally. All right, Izzy, it was your first time. Mm-hmm. What did you think? Oh, my first time. Honestly, I loved it. It was so much fun. Excellent. Like, you're going to suspend your belief a little bit because they, like, work for, like, the agencies from, like, Sharkboy and Lava Girl just about. Um, Like, it's, (laughs) they they work for James, like, they make the James, they make MI6 in James Bond look real. Um, And I know MI6, like, actually exists. Don't tweet me. Uh, I'm just saying, like, the James Bond version of it. So, like, once you sort of set that, like, oh, okay, they're, like, low-key superheroes, everything else, like, falls into place. And, like I said, the thing that kept bothering me was, like, oh, if they're supposed to be the best agents, why didn't they know? I, like I said, I think it's just because they were so self-absorbed, which I got from the movie with them having to go to therapy and all of that. They had to learn to discover each other. Oh, Nice. So it sounds like uh, three hearty recommends all around for this movie. Mm-hmm. If you've never seen it, definitely check it out. It's fun. It's a very yeah. fun movie. And by the way, that last scene in the counselor's office, you can tell they were hooking up. You oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. absolutely. You can definitely see it. Uh, I mean, I don't, I, don't, I don't know how much of that is acting, but you can definitely see it in the way they look at each other. They want to tear each other's clothes off. And you're sitting there as part of the audience going, oh, okay, well. This is, uh, we're in on this, I guess. I guess I, we're going to see this. I would not believe anyone if they said Brad Pitt's, like, ad-libbed anything in his life, except for maybe that, like, ask the sex question. Dad. Yeah. <laughs> That's the only <laughs> thing I think he's ever possibly ad-libbed in his life. <laughs> I will tell you, going back, going back, because we live right now in the, uh, kind of the renaissance age of, like, kick-ass women. Mm-hmm. And there have been, there have been, like, pockets here and there, you know, there's, like, Pam Greer in the 70s, and, you know, Hillary Swank and the new karate hit. Just kidding. But, um, um, Hillary Swank in the core. Yeah, Ugh. I think, uh, I don't think Angelina Jolie gets enough credit for being kind of the action, female action star of the early 2000s. Because she did do oh, yeah. stuff right? like Tomb Raider. She did this. And there's some, this is some very physical stuff. So, Absolutely. you know, fast forward to doing, you know, to seeing Charlize Theron in, um, Atomic Blonde or um, or uh, uh, Mad, Mad Max. Max. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. So you kind of, Angelina Jolie kind of was doing this, you know, 15 yeah, years ago. Up know, until so. about Salt, I think, was like the last major action one she did, like 2010 or whatever. Yeah. yeah. She did like Wanted. She did Salt. She did. Uh, oh, yeah. So, yeah. So, you know, uh, all, a shout out to Angelina Jolie for being just kick-ass woman. Uh, oh, yeah. So she had like the seventh or eighth kid. She was doing all those action movies. <laughs> yeah, yeah man. I don't. I don't think she gets right? enough credit for being because uh, you know watching this again. I hadn't seen it in a while, and you know you can believe Brad Pitt being physical, right? Uh, oh yeah. He sells it. Uh, but yeah, I was watching her this time, and I was like, wow, I was really blown away. I was like, wow, she. Was, this is basically like Fred Astaire and Ginger Rogers. She's doing everything. <laughs> she is just you know she's doing it with heels on. Oh, so, and she's wearing stilettos the whole goddamn yeah, movie. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So shout out to Angelina Jolie watching this again. I was just, I was blown away. Yeah, I was glad I, 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 hadn't seen this, so. I hadn't seen this in a long time, and I was glad I watched it again. 
Excellent. Well, we're glad to give you an excuse. <laughs> and to anybody who thinks Angelina Jolie didn't do a very good job, send me a video of you walking in six-inch stilettos, just walking across the room. That's all you got to do. <laughs> Talking to you, Stork. <laughs> uh, See, Stork probably just does that on his own. Excellent. All right. Well, on that note, I would take a quick commercial break. <gasps> oh, but when we come mm. back, we have more beer, <gasps> fun facts, what? and what we learned from Mr. and Mrs. Smith. Mm. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price. Priceline. Hi, guys. We interrupt your favorite podcast to interrupt you with an ad for your new favorite podcast. Wait, wait. Isn't this playing on somebody else's show? Exactly. So then how are we? I thought we were their new favorite podcast. Well, we're going to become their new favorite podcast after they hear this advertisement for our show. What's our show called, Justine? Superiority Complex. Yeah. Where can they find us, Patrick? Uh, Twitter and Facebook. Yeah, exactly. You can go to at Complex. On Twitter, S-O-U-P Complex. And you can go to Facebook.com slash Soup Complex. But our main page is on Podbean. And you can find us there at www.superioritycomplex.podbean.com. New episodes are out every Thursday. Justine, what do we talk about on the Superiority Complex? Nerdy stuff. Perfect. Don't get all sensual with your voice. Yeah, did you hear that? I heard it. It's a little inappropriate. If you want to hear a little more of that, tune in to the Superiority Complex. One more time, Justine. What do we talk about? Nerdy stuff. Nah, wasn't no. the same. You tried. <laughs> hey, this is Heather. Hey, this is Liz. And we are Nerdy Bitches Podcast. A show where two geeky ladies podcast their way through pop culture. From our favorite fandoms to the occasional girl talk and our ongoing book club. We bring everything to you with a feminine eye. You can find us on all of your favorite podcatchers, including Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and Amazon Music, and at our own website, nerdybitches.com. You can also find us at our new home on the Age of Radio Podcast Network, along with other great shows at ageofradio.org. Make sure to connect with us on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram. See you soon. Yeah, that, that was why I added this to the list. I just wanted Izzy to, to, to get, basically make her watch it. No. <laughs> No, it's a good one. I always, I kind of, it's kind of one of those movies that you, uh, uh, when I first thought, I was like, ah, oh, that was okay. And then as years have gone by, it's kind of uh, been like, uh, like a comfort movie almost. Oh yeah, yeah. This, this is one I had seen dozens of times back when it first came out. Like I, I loved it. <laughs> and I'm, I'm always happy that I always, I always forget that Vince Vaughn is in it. And then I always think he's gonna turn on him. Yeah, right. Like it seems like, yeah. Well. May have some fun facts. Mm. Yeah. yeah. Ooh. Ooh. All, right. All right. All right, ready? I'm back. I like a fun fact. Yeah. Better than an interesting tidbit. Well, tidbit it sounds like a dirty word, so I don't know. <laughs> and then her tidbits popped out. Oh! Yeah. And then she touched my tidbits. Ooh. Oh, whoa, whoa. <laughs> Hey everybody, this is Jason and Jeff and Blake. And we're the History of Bad Ideas podcast. And if you like hearing uh, geeks talk about Fisto from He-Man, 
or zombies or dragons or zombie dragons. I was given copy to read, but it's a piece of crap. So if you just like any geek or any fun stuff, just listen. We drop every Wednesday on iTunes, Stitcher, Tangent Bound Network, or WeBeGeeksPC.com. Oh, God, I'm out of here. And remember to wear a coat. Hi, this is Dana Gould, and you're listening to everything I learned from movies on your radio, phone, computer, television, or record player. And we're back. Oh, my God, Steve. Those are the greatest ads that have added in the history of adding. Oh, she said it. Think it better every week. Oh, babe, I don't know about you. I'm a, I'm a little thirsty. Oh, well. Oh, we have a very special beer. Ooh. Very special beer. We have, from Sierra Nevada Brewing, a 2021 Bigfoot Barley Wine. Ooh, nice. Extreme in the 80s and a force of flavor today, Bigfoot is a timeless beast of beer, forever tracked for its enormous malt body and sheer hop intensity. Drink it fresh or settle each year's expedition to unleash a world of new flavors over time. All right. Yeah, and guys, if you go to Sierra Nevada uh, in Chico, California, not only is it like Willy, like, uh, Willy Wonka and the Beer Factory, you can pay money in the restaurant and do a tasting of like several of the Bigfoots over the years, and really at this point over the decades, and it's amazing. Oh, yeah. So I'm going to pop this top. Oh, big top. Nice. See that bottle cap. Oh, I'm saving it because it's a Bigfoot bottle cap, babe. Yeah. For anybody who doesn't know, which I don't think we've talked about it in like three years, so maybe four years, we save uh, some of the cool bottle caps, and we have these awesome laser-cut bottle cap keepers. We were given our first one. It's shaped like the state of California, and it holds like 60 bottle caps. We filled it up and put it on our wall, and it's amazing, and we got a Utah one we're about to fill up, and then we have a gigantic bottle cap-shaped one. Yeah. (laughs) That one holds like 160 bottle caps. Yeah. That'll probably be the last one. <laughs> and the four. Oh, it's a beautiful reddish brown beer. Yeah. Has a fine foamy head with lots of very fine bubbles. Very fine bubbles make me happy. Oh, oh 9.6% alcohol by volume, yeah. by the way. Mm. By the way, excellent head retention for a beer with that much alcohol Ooh. in it. Yeah, the aroma is fantastic. What is that? Good roasty notes and yeah. cool pine. Yeah, it smells like Centennial hops and some other stuff. And then, yeah, big, strong, malty backbone. Ooh. Yeah, this is, this is a big beer. Yeah, it's a, you get the alcohol burn at the end, but, yeah, it's very, um, I mean, it's a good balance of uh, hop and malt, but, yeah, just kind of like nice caramel, roasty notes, and this little, is a, a lot special, of pine. This is a special occasion beer. This isn't an all-day drinking beer. Mm-hmm. You will die. Sipping beer. Yeah. Although, if you ever do want to... Oh, no, I think they're out of... That's right, they closed. Never mind. I was going to say, there was the Barley Wine Festival down in the oh, Hate the, in San Francisco. The Tornado? Yeah, yeah, yeah. The Tornado closed. I forgot. Yep. Thanks, San Francisco. <laughs> yep. There used to be a really cool brewery that every February, for Valentine's Day... It was a bar. Or a bar, sorry. Yeah, not a brewery, yeah. a bar. They will let you try any of their, what was it, 150 barley wines? Uh, I think the year we went, it was like 80, but yeah, it kept getting bigger and bigger every year. Yeah. yeah it was like yeah. four bucks for like a little one ounce taste, and you could just like line them up and shoot them back. Yeah. <sighs> Mario, are you still working on that Coke Zero? 
Oh, I am. Uh, but every time you say barley wine, I think of the song uh, Alcohol by the Kinks. I don't know if you've ever heard that song. About a guy who becomes an alcoholic. And uh, there's a line that says, barley wine, pink gin, uh, he'll drink anything, port, perno, or tequila. These yeah. are all sort of fancy beverages. <laughs> uh, well, he is a, he's an upper middle class guy. He, he embezzles. He ends up embezzling uh, from the company because he falls in love with a with a with a bad woman who who leads him down the path of alcohol, and uh, yeah. uh, that's, where goes, that's where it all goes wrong. But it's a great song called Alcohol. But uh, that's that's what I always think of when I hear the word barley wine. Barley wine, pink gin. He'll drink anything. Yeah, see, the low rate version would be like uh, I, I don't know, Mickey's Night Train, Cobra Hurricane. <laughs> oh, <yeah. laughs> OE 40s and uh, and Boone's Farm Strawberry. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. Well, would had... either of you be interested in any fun facts? Are they super fun facts? I would love fun, fun facts. facts. I love it. I just don't have a fax machine. Oh, well, then I'll just give them to you over the audio waves here. <clears throat> joke. All right, Rotten Tomatoes. Mario, what do you think the critics thought of Mr. and Mrs. Smith out of 100%? Uh, this has got to be somewhere in the, I'm going to say the seventies. I'm going to 72, 72. And and I'll give you a hint. It's about the same as the audience score. Oh, okay. Maybe a little higher. You say someone goes 72. Want to bump it up? Uh, well, I'll say 75, 75. Okay. Busy. How about you? I, as much as I enjoyed this movie, I feel like, I feel like the critics and, I don't know, I feel like people missed the boat on this movie, because you don't really hear about it. I'm going to say 36. Uh, 60% with the critics okay. and 58 with the audience. Good. Wow. So yeah, just that, that barely fresh cusp, I guess. But uh, $110 million budget. U.S. gross, $186.3 million. Worldwide gross, $487.3 million. It's a hit! Woo! Yeah. Screw the critics. Right? Critics don't make money. Anyway. Um, <laughs> uh, the film's original script was writer Simon Kinberg's thesis for his Master in Fine Arts. Wow. That explains why it was so good. All right. <laughs> Simon Kinberg also had a cameo in the movie. Uh, he was apparently an investment banker. I'm not even sure what scene that would have been in. Hmm. Yeah, I don't know. Yeah, anyway. Uh, him. Jo- God bless him. <laughs> he was an investment banker there at Homemade at the Climax. and yeah. No. <laughs> Johnny Depp was originally cast as John Smith, but turned it down after being overworked with other movies he was shooting. I guess it would have been like Pirates of the Caribbean? Maybe. I don't know if that would have worked with the... Yeah, Johnny Depp, yeah, I don't know. But, uh, and Brad Pitt even reportedly left the project after Nicole Kidman dropped out. Uh, and, and a replacement had not yet been found, but once Angelina Jolie signed on, he returned to the project. Of course. Yeah. Babe, uh, you might you might like this. Uh, Brad Pitt left in the middle of shooting for three months to shoot another movie. Any guesses <laughs> what that might have been? Is it Ocean's Eleven? It's Ocean's Twelve. Ah! Yeah. <laughs> that's, that's the cloud he has. You guys wait around. I'll be back. I'll be back. That's, that's the kind of cloud he has. 
I unapolog- let me know when you get Angelina. Right. I unapologetically love all the Oceans movies, even the dumb ones. Do you love the original though? I do. Okay. I honestly prefer the new ones. Not that there's anything wrong with the original, and the original's good, but the well, comedic the original timing was, of the new ones is so funny. The original was just an excuse to get those guys together and they just yeah. kind of yeah. wrote, a, wrote a movie around them. Whereas uh, I love the chemistry in the new ones. I, I think it's right? oh, yeah. a lot of people's complaint is this is it's just them hanging out, but it's like, yeah, but it's a heck of a, it's a heck of a lot of fun to watch them. And I think Brad Pitt and, and George Clooney make a great comedy team. Oh, uh, yeah. I wish they would have done like road pictures. Like like the right? like the Hope and Crosby road pictures that would have been so great. <laughs> oh God! Uh, but then we'd end up with a like Robin in the Seven Hoods and yeah yeah yeah. We yeah. don't need another <laughs> one of those. Or some sort <laughs> of like Ishtar. Yeah, they could have just done a bunch of those, you know. <laughs> but uh, Brad Pitt always uh, has great comedy chops, and so it's always uh, I love that he can you know uh, he's one of those guys that can do. Uh, play stuff for laughs he's much funnier than i ever expected him to be him and and justin timberlake i really just thought were like good looking guys with nothing else and they both ended up being much more charismatic than i anticipated you know what what won me over is is somebody uh, ryan gosling i never really cared for ryan gosling until i watched uh the nice guys oh yeah uh, (laughs) uh and that movie totally changed my mind about Ryan Gosling because he just played such a dumb guy and played it so well and played it for laughs and just looked like he was having a blast. I was like, wow, this I really I really have gotten this guy wrong the whole time because he was always so serious, you know. But uh, yeah, he played that role so well, it kind of kind of changed my mind about him. So yeah, nobody yeah. really is uh, clamoring for the the comedy team of Gosling and Crow, you know. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. But it worked. It worked really well. Yeah, worked out in that, in that, you know, a fat Russell Crowe, who knew? And uh, <laughs> just a dorky, uh, just a dorky Ryan Gosling. It worked out really well. But yeah, um, the, you're right about the, the this cast. So many side characters that just pop up, like Michelle Monaghan and, and all these other people, and Kerry Washington, uh, who also, uh, boy, oh boy, you talk about just a, a beautiful woman. Just, Wow. Yeah, just popping in for a couple minutes. Yeah, yeah just like, hi, I'm gorgeous. I'll be I'll be with you for a couple minutes. See you later. Ooh, okay, speaking of gorgeous, I mean, we've been talking about Brad and Angelina, their their natural chemistry on screen and all that fun stuff. Um, did you know, though, in order to get a wider PG-13 audience, there was apparently a very steamy sex scene between the two that was cut from the movie. Mm. And, and apparently wasn't on the DVD extras, so wow. what the hell? That must have been the extended director's cut we saw on Amazon. Oh, the, un- the, oh, the unrated with, or whatever with, it was? With six yeah. more minutes. Ooh. Oh, is there an unrated version? Apparently. Uh, on Amazon he said, Prime. He said grasping the Roku remote. <laughs> Since I'm going to be here in the basement by myself for a week, what's an extra six minutes? Yeah. <laughs> Um, okay, and we mentioned, yeah, the, the random, like, Keith David and all these other great actors just popping in for a scene. The original ending featured villains played by Jacqueline Bassett and Terrence Stamp. What? Wow! Right? But after this was dropped, a second ending was filmed 
with Angela Bassett and Keith David <gasps> as the villains. Because Angela Bassett was the voice for uh, Brad Pitt's uh, what was, A- Atlanta or whatever he called the, yeah, yeah, yeah. the secret person, whatever. And so I guess they were going to be the bad guys. But this, too, was dropped when it was decided the film did not need a final confrontation with the villains at all. No, you don't. So, yeah, yeah, that's why, like, like the voices of Angela Bass and Keith David show up for a second, and that's, like, it. All right. Any guesses on the body count for this movie? Oh, geez. Uh, I'm going to say 35. Is he? 122. <laughs> uh, Mario wins 43. Ah. Oh. So, yeah, that's a, that's a lot of assassins. And it's hard to make, count when they, you know, like an explosion takes a bunch of people out. It's like, ooh, you got to kind of guesstimate. Well, it's also when they're all wearing, like, the big, like, riot gear and stuff, too. It's like, oh, were they just incapacitated or are they dead, dead, you know? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> but we've come to the most important part. What did we learn from Mr. and Mrs. Smith? Uh, Maria, would you like to go first? Well, you can't trust your spouse, really. Uh, <laughs> <Hey>, well, <laughs> Learned that long before this movie. Right? Uh, but aside from that, get a minivan, uh, minivan versatile. I, I kind of poo-pooed the idea of a minivan. I don't want to be a, 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 you know, like a dad driving a minivan. But I think now, uh, I've, I've, you know, I've learned. I think a, a minivan. In case, because you never know when you can have a shootout. You have the two doors. It's like a, it's like a Huey gunship, really. Uh, so yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I learned that a minivan is really the, the, the vehicle you want. That's what I learned from this whole thing. And also, just be good looking. Just be really good looking. <laughs> be not unattractive. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Wasn't it like a Tom Brady thing on SNL or whatever? Like, don't be ugly. Be oh, not yeah. unattractive. Yeah. <laughs> That's right. Yeah. Tom Brady going home to his... Winning Super Bowls and going home to his supermodel wife. What a horrible life. Oh, that Tom. poor baby. I hate Tom Brady with a passion. <laughs> Babe, how about you? Did you learn anything? I did. I learned two things. One, um, Brad Pitt wearing a Jesus Rules jacket will <laughs> always get a laugh out of me. <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> and then, uh, you know, guy, everyone have a conversation with your partner every now and then. That's more than just, I like this meatloaf. You might discover they're actually a secret agent. Maybe you could stay off their hit list. You might discover that your tool shed is full of guns. Steve, when was the last time you were in our shed? It's been a while. Do I have to check? I'd rather you didn't. Okay. <laughs> just just talk to your partners, guys. I, I mean, you have the entire art studio. You could probably just... <laughs> uh, I learned happy endings are stories that haven't finished yet. Mm. That, that's, oh. a, that's an uplifting story, right? Hey, yeah. I mean, if the movie Up taught me anything. <laughs> oh. oh, no. <laughs> Death comes for us all. But then you get a dog named Doug. Oh, yeah. and uh, another an, another random voice that uh, you heard. Uh, any, anybody? Mario, did you catch who the uh, counselor was, the marriage counselor? No, who was the voice of the marriage counselor? William Fickner. Who's that? Um, oh shit! Well, well, you know him if you saw him. Like, um, I'm it, it. yeah, look, Mario definitely knows William Fickner. Yeah, I'm trying to think. Like in the Dark Knight, he was the bank manager, 
Oh, uh, oh yeah, yeah, the, yeah. The Lone Ranger. He I know exactly who he is. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I yeah, just yeah, looked yeah. him up. Uh, yeah, yeah. Guys are dead. Yep. Yeah, when I was hearing the voice, I'm like, who is that? I, I had to look it up and like Google it. it like, He's in oh, Prison yeah. Break. Oh, yeah, yeah. Armageddon. That's Armageddon right. Armageddon, Trife Angry. Yeah. He's <laughs> the longest like yard. A, yeah. He's always Perfect either a, a really douchey character or like a bad guy. He's always like a like that kind of. Black yeah. down. Yeah. Oh, and everybody knows him from Ultraviolet. Yeah. Oh, of course. course. Oh, and Independence Day 3. Oh, that's right. He was in Contact. Independence Day 3. <laughs> Apparently. Oh, Contact. Boy, oh, boy. I oh. hate Contact. Oh. I waited three hours to find out the alien was her fucking father. <laughs> I didn't hate contact. I, rem- I remember the early days of DVD. My brother, God rest his soul, <laughs> went out and spent a thousand dollars and bought a new DVD player when it was brand new technology. And he had this he had this really nice home theater system. And I remember one of the only movies he could get early on was Contact. And he must have watched that movie about fifty times. And I was just like. You poor bastard. He uh, his money's worth at that point. Yeah, he wanted to get his money's worth. I was like, you know, he was always an early adopter, and so he had to suffer sometimes because of that. But I yeah, see, I was meanwhile, remember- while he was doing that, my dad bought a Laserdisc player, and we were watching uh, <laughs> Ghostbusters 2, Treasure of the Sierra Madre, of course, uh, Big Trouble in Little China, and uh, which, oh, the original Star, Star Wars. Same brother. Same brother had a laser disc player. Yeah, go pick those babies up at Tower Records. Uh, I used to, I used to bootleg. As a matter of fact, I still have bootleg VHS copies of the when they first put the Star Wars trilogy on uh, DVD or on Laserdisc. It was, it was the unmastered. It was just the, you know, yeah, 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 before the the last, the the last time before they did the touch-ups. So yes. When you're bootlegging off of Laserdisc, how does it work when you have to flip the disc? I would pause it. I got very good at it. I got okay. very good. Because when my brother bought his DVD player, he's like, well, I don't need these Laserdiscs anymore. And I was like, well, let, he's like, you want the Laserdisc player? And I was like, yes. Because uh, I had a pretty killer home theater system, but I was still using uh, tapes. And I wasn't going to spend $1,000 on a DVD player. So there was about a year in between when DVDs, uh, before they really took off, uh, where mm-hmm. I was just copying everything off the laser disc, and then and my brother had a, a machine that flipped the disc for you. He had like the high end oh. laser disc player, so oh, it would just flip. So it was just a matter of pausing it for half a second and then firing it back up. And I got really good at it. I got really really good at it. But I would go out and buy like the nine dollar TDK gold tape for one movie. And put like Star Wars on, you know. Ooh, the ones that were a dollar, not twenty five cents a pop. Exactly. You remember? I mean, do you remember the days that we've all listen? We all did it. We were oh, all yeah. yeah. pirates back in the day. Yeah. Oh, Steve and I were talking about uh, earlier today. I used to go to my friend's house after school, you know, in the the mid nineties, and the tape we watched the most was a tape her dad made for us, just called Cop Movies, and it was <laughs> Kindergarten Cop and RoboCop. Yes, <laughs> I love it. Just taped off a cable. Just of taped off. Yeah, yeah, just taped off a cable, and uh, and he was also like yeah. really good at like he'd pause it for the commercials and then start it again from yes. like CBS and whatnot. If I was home, I would do that. Uh, if I was home, I would do that. When I was like twelve, uh, like eleven or twelve, 
is when they did the first G.I. Joe uh, movie. And if you remember, it was a miniseries. I don't know if you ever watched it, Steve. When you might, you might have been the, the cartoon one. The cartoon one, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. Yeah, there was there was a movie that kicked it all off, and uh, they would run. It would run five days after school. It was a, it was like a five part movie, and I had this thing down to where I edited the whole thing out of commercials and everything. It was great, and boy did I wear that tape out because it was like I'm just gonna watch this whole thing. And I just kept watching it over and over. But I had done that was the first time I edited all of the commercials and everything out. I was so proud of myself. But I had to be there with my finger on the button. But see, listening to cassettes back in the day trained me for that. Because when I wanted to record stuff off the radio, you had to wait for the DJ to stop talking. Then you hit record. So oh, yeah. you had it paused and ready to go. And then the DJ would stop talking. You would hit pause and it would... It would it would unpause and then record and then you hit pause again before you started. But it was trying to time it so you didn't get the DJ's voice in there. So I had plenty of practice back in the in the days of analog. These kids today, they don't know. They, they don't know the struggle. They don't know. Yeah. Well, if we want to hear more stories like this, uh, Mario, thank you for joining us. Uh, I understand you also have a podcast of some sort? Of sorts, really. It's, it's, not, as, it's not as fancy as what you guys do here. But uh, we sit around and we talk about movies. We're doing the Digital Movie Club right now. And uh, we're going through my personal movie collection. And uh, I'm making a bunch of millennials watch uh, movies from before their time. So it's a, it's a, it's a, I'm a Gen Xer. My co-host is a, 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 a baby boomer. And we've got uh, three millennials on, on the team. And we make them watch the movies. And we, you know, we did watch Treasures of Sierra Madre in honor of your dad, uh, uh, Izzy. And uh, we did watch a Big Trouble in Little China. So we've gone through all these movies. Yeah. I, I have impeccable taste. And so uh, I'm making these kids watch these movies. Uh, <laughs> coming up, uh, well, this will run later, but uh, we're going to have uh, Brent uh, from the Home Video Hustle. We're going to talk about Trespass. Oh, shit. Yeah. Uh, Ice T, Ice Cube. Uh, I haven't seen that forever, baby. We might uh, have to watch that movie. It's great. All right. So good. So much fun. Uh, yeah, but uh, you, it's the superiority complex. Check us out. You can you can follow us on Twitter at Soup Complex, S-O-U-P Complex. We're on Podbean. That's our that's our home. So superioritycomplex.podbean.com. But wherever you're fine, where, where, if you can find the um, what, I, I, Everything I Learned From Movies podcast, the wonderful Everything I Learned From Movies podcast, we're in the same places. So just look for Excellent. us there. Thank you for having Excellent. me, guys. I always oh. love coming on here. I love your show, and you guys have great guests all the time. I say we love having you. We we we'd love to have you more, but yeah, we just have so many great guests. <laughs> so we gotta no, I, I love you know. You guys call me about it's 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 a regular pattern now, one, once or twice a year, and uh, <laughs> I look forward to it. It's fun because you guys do so much of the heavy lifting. I love it. I just get to sit here. And <laughs> So we I love good it. for that. <laughs> Steve Steve does the heavy lifting. Let's let's give credit where credit's due. Well, oh, behind, behind every great man is, is, is a great woman. Right? Is a woman scrolling Facebook. No. Um, and guys, <laughs> I want you all to know Steve works double hard because his handwriting makes chicken scratch look leg- legible and he reads this shit. Right. He writes it and then he reads it. He has like full pages of notes, and at currently at the moment he has two thirds of the cats in the household, just 
clawing for his attention, yep. literally trying to do anything they can. And I'm and still he's... hosting like a damn professional. <laughs> hosting like a motherfucker. Mark Summers in this bitch. Yeah, anyway. <laughs> uh, babe, are you on social media at all? I am. You can follow me everywhere at Untidy Venus. That's a goddess who's bad at housekeeping. I'm on all the social medias at Untidy Venus, Instagram, Facebook, Twitter. You can also find me on Etsy where I sell my goods and wares at untidyvenus.etsy.com. And I have a Patreon! Oh my god, I have a Patreon! I post art stuff there. Sometimes I get a little lag. The time of this year recording, I owe my patrons uh, some stuff. I haven't been feeling well. It was a tooth thing. It wasn't COVID. Doc on wood. I don't think COVID affects your teeth yet, right? I don't lag. Right, I know, just showing off. But uh, yeah, <laughs> I got some uh, how-to videos on there. Sometimes I just post recipes. There's pictures of my pets, the as forementioned cats. Um, yeah, all kinds of fun stuff over at Untidy Venus on Patreon. Oh, and there's a sticker of the month club. For four bucks a month, you can get a sticker every month. It's my art on stickers. I mail them out. I write everybody a little note. It's awesome. Yeah. And, of course, you can find us at Everything I Learned From Movies on all the major podcatchers. Or if you want to hit us up directly, we're on Twitter, Facebook, and Patreon at E-I-L-F Movies. That's Everything I Learned From Movies. Uh, So, yeah, I guess until next time, I'm Steve. And I'm Izzy. (laughs) Yes, folks. (laughs) And I'm Mario. I'm very very good at animal and impersonating animals. I'm Mario. Thank you, guys. And this is Everything I Learned From Movies. Have a good night, everybody. Anything to say, Pooh? I was patrolling the pachinko. You new model parlor in the nefaria zone. Hanging out with insects under ducting. The CIA was on the phone.